Welcome, everybody, to episode 159 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. Hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and I'm one of the remaining half dozen people who faithfully watch the Australian Open Tennis Tournament at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me, per usual, is Ty. Where can we find you following niche sports? Generally at SEATJK, although I haven't really been into, you know, I, I outside of sort of the the permeation of the NFL, I, I have taken the pandemic almost off of sports, which <laughs> seems weird, right? Like, why would you watch or do less entertainment? I just, everything seems less important. <laughs> yeah, you're just worn out is basically, yeah. you're mentally, you're just worn out. I think, Oh, I, uh, I lost it after dinner tonight. I was like, work is the break. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you people behave like this every day? <laughs> Going nuts. The uh, yeah, I mean, it's two weeks that I just you know it's it's on at a very convenient time, like in the evening. So mm. two weeks ago, you just I just turn it on in the evening and just runs until through my bedtime, and I just watch tennis. Yeah, I grew up watching tennis, so I have a I have a love for it. But uh, but I, nobody watches this shit. I'm like the only person. I can't believe ESPN makes any money televising I, I, this. I'm program. not against it. I just I it's got to be players I find interesting. I can't just put it on. It's not particularly compelling, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so but we're we're talking a little sports is creeping into our um kind of weirdly um into our show tonight. So we'll talk a little bit about a the 25th anniversary of a beloved sport sporting icon. I love it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about necessary or unnecessary prequels. Uh, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, television done right. Okay. And in the OT. Then we'll do the testes. And then uh, and then we'll talk a little more about stuff in the OT. But, uh, but to start off the show tonight, um, the uh, we had a big snow event. Not like Texas people. Now, if you're if you live in the Midwest, if you're one of our Midwest followers, or you live in Canada, you know Seattle. You can say it right now. Seattle people were soft. I get it. But we had a we had a nice we had a nice snow event. Like it was perfectly planned. In well timed. Yes, it was a long weekend, three day mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. It snows like hell on Friday. The kids get to enjoy a cold day on Saturday to enjoy the snow, and then by Tuesday, all gone. It's not gone here. <laughs> it isn't. You still no. have a lot of snow. Uh, the yard is still basically covered. You can now see like the bottom of the the prints. Um, the streets are mostly clear except for where the the plow berms still are. Yeah, um, I don't own a snow shovel, and I'm gonna have, apparently gonna have to correct that uh, this year, yeah. this summer. Yeah. You definitely have to buy a snow shovel. It's it's an important part of your your home arsenal. It really has only been necessary like three times in the last ten years, but it seems like this is more normal, and that's I think what's so scary about the texas thing is that oh it's a once in a generation i'm tired of the once in a, i've had enough once in a generation shit <laughs> we've had, okay we've I'm had good. a bushel we've had a bushel baskets of God. once in a generation thing it's like once in a generation what is generation like every two years oh, what's the definition of generation i just don't think it's i think it's much more likely that that severe weather is the norm um going forward and 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 i saw a storm warning for the the northeast or sorry the southeast rather uh that was like severe weather warning for basically the entire southeast part of the country and it said 
all forms of severe weather are possible. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you could have a tornado, blizzard, yep. hurricane, earthquake. I don't know yeah, what the hell. Well, I don't on. think an earthquake counts as weather. <laughs> but the, uh, so if you're hanging out in Texas and you're struggling, hang in there. Um, let's trust the government to fix it <laughs> down the wow. road. I'm sorry I said it. Single I'm party sorry. control <laughs> and, and, a, and an independent power network that sorry, dates back I'm to sorry. the FDR days. I'm going to put I'm you in a bad way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I brought it up. You know there are three power grids in the country. Yeah, I'm pro-nuclear on this deal, by the way. Anyway, we'll talk about that some other day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I shouldn't push your buttons. All right. Um, segment it's, avo- it's entirely avoidable is my point. <laughs> Entirely fucking avoidable. <laughs> Segment number one. This week marked the 25th anniversary of a sporting icon. And his name is Happy Gilmore. Now, no person has probably got more people injured trying to trying to imitate a sporting style <laughs> since Dick Fosbury. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, how many, how many times have you seen people try to do the Happy Gilmore swing and just like come apart like in person I, in person i've seen it done a, at least a dozen times where i thought oh my god i think you're hurt the thing about it is it's an athletic move and if you're not up for it you should be attempting it <laughs> but it's it's amazing and um and it's just one of the it's one of those it's one of those movies where i hadn't probably sat down and watched the whole thing in a long time like you know you catch bits and pieces of it cuz it's on here and there uh-huh. But I actually, I actually turned it on the other day. I just yes. and and watched it front to back. It is such a fucking funny movie. It's great. I can't, I can't stand it. It's so funny. I watched the TV edited version with my older daughter um, sometime like in the fall of of last year, and she was into it. She's like, "This is amazing." <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because my daughter walked in while I was watching it and went, "What is this?" She goes, "Is that Adam Sandler?" And then she watch it for about five minutes and he went uh and then just left <laughs> she no, wasn't so yeah, down no, for it a nine-year-old she uh she thought it was funny she has no frame of reference for adam sandler whatsoever oh uh-huh. so because we've never watched any of those family movies on netflix because oh, um, we don't do the raunch comedy really around the house too much <laughs> sure uh, well, i mean your kids are young yeah uh, I, I've gotten, I'll tell you what, the pandemic has loosened up. The, 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 I've mentioned this before, but the swearing, I'm out of control. <laughs> I've got to stop. <laughs> Sidebar, there's this video. Have you seen the video of like this little girl? Like She must be two and a half years old where she's sitting in her booster seat in the car. She goes, you got to be fucking kidding me. And the parent's like, excuse me, what? It's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Says, He's like, where did you learn to say that? <laughs> from you. From you, obviously, dad. Anyway. But I think I could probably, outside of the like, the the sex stuff, <laughs> it's fairly tame, right? I mean, yes, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of you know Julie Bowen in some lingerie. It's just, I just don't want to explain anything, right? <laughs> but the uh, the 25th anniversary tweets or the Instagrams from uh, Sandler and from Christopher McDonald were amazing. I saw the Sandler one. I did not see Shooters. Oh, my God. Shooters is awesome, too. I mean, I, I think I retweeted it, but, man, he, he just gets it. Like, it's a, here's a guy oh, who yeah, understands. Oh, yeah, he, he rides it. He want, he knows where his bread is buttered. Yeah. And so he's not afraid to just put on the Shooter McGavin and enjoy and, like, have fun with it. For sure. But 
I laughed really hard during Happy Gilmore and more than I probably should have 25 years later. You know, maybe I needed a good cathartic laugh, but it got me thinking about some other comedies that maybe, I don't know, new or old, it doesn't matter to me, but that, that, that have the ability to give you a good cathartic laugh. Do you have a, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think? What do you have on your list? Are we going, are we going back to front? Or are we starting so with the funniest? However, however you'd like to, however you'd like to go with it. I, my, my list is in no particular order. So I saw this in the rundown. I was really interested in it because I'm so jaded. Like, I don't like anything anymore. <laughs> like, it's, everything's terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just everything is fine, right? No. Not too high, not too low. And so, like, uh, honestly, the thing that I've laughed about the hardest that I can recall immediately is not from a movie. It's we were watching TV the other day, and the DVR has an auto-skip feature for the commercials. Okay. But it's just there's a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end when it does its little skip. And the last commercial before we went back to the show was a Peacock streaming. And it ends with Peacock. But so all we heard was the TV just randomly. We're watching a show. We hit a commercial. And then the TV goes, cock. <laughs> <laughs> and I fell out of my chair. <laughs> just because it was so unexpected, right? Anyway, long story short, I had a really hard time coming up with movies that really made me laugh hard. Like, I will, I enjoy a comedy still. But I enjoy like a well-executed comedic adventure, you know what I mean? More so than like a straight comedy. So I had to dip dip pretty far back into the well to find movies that I think of that I would still put on, even though I know them back to front. And the first one that comes to mind for me is Coming to America. God. It's just a tour de force. Of co- There's so many jokes. They're all great. There's no flat moments in the whole movie. It's wild. Like the closest we get to anything boring is like when... Akeem and Lisa are like at her house at her dad's place for like 10 minutes. Other than that, the movie keeps moving and it's hilarious all throughout. And I, you know, I mean, I immediately think of, you know, good morning, my neighbors. Hey, <laughs> fuck you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> fuck you too. Like just, just, that makes me laugh. That, may, that makes me laugh. The halftime is my favorite part when he's getting the, the handy and the stands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be forced to thrash you. Some of the stuff that's not even jokes, like, it's it, it's funny. So, no, coming to America. I mean, coming to America is amazing. It's actually on my list, too. But okay. you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember. And I can't wait for the sequel, by the way. Uh, I, I'm totally down for the sequel. Yeah. 100%. The, um, but the, uh, but, I mean, the barbershop guys, man. I mean, <laughs> the barbershop guys are are part of, like, Americana. Yeah. Right. They are those those guys are just amazing. <laughs> and I you know, it comes out of their heads, right? It just I mean, they're just having so much fun. You just can't you just can't I mean, just seeing the barbershop guys in the trailer for Coming to America too, I just was I marked out. I laughed so hard. It was it's a that's an amazing creation. It, which dovetails into my next thing. It's the nutty professor. Okay. I the first time I saw Nutty Professor, I was in Utah, like at Park City, Utah, or somewhere around there, um, on vacation with my family, sitting next to one of the like olden polonies from the from the from the Utah Jazz, <laughs> like the seven foot tall. Theater. Yeah, he was just there. He was just he just came to watch the. I swear to God that that dinner table scene, the both any dinner table scene in the Nutty Professor. Or any sequel where the the clubs get together is so fucking funny. I can't stand it. It's so funny, and <laughs> I might I have to revisit it because I didn't. Yeah, it kind of came away for me. I can't believe how well comedically timed it is. 
because Eddie's doing everybody, but then they right. cut, they edit it together, and the timing is so amazing. Like you, it's hard to understand. It's so well done. Well, and it those gets are, me, and it gets me crying. I mean, literally crying in the theater. I mean, Eddie's greatest stand-up bits are conversations, right? Mm. Gus, yeah, the, the whole thing, all that stuff. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So his the two people. So it doesn't make it doesn't surprise me at all that his ability to, to stitch together a conversation like that. Cause he can, I, I, he's the kind of guy that he hears the whole thing in his head, right? He's right. got the whole bit. Right. But it's, but he's playing four characters mm-hmm. in a, in a hilarious conversation. It's, and he does the same thing in coming to America, right? He, you know, he has a conversation between Akeem, the old Jewish guy, and then the haircut guy like that are all Eddie in the same scene. And it's seamless and it's hilarious and it's unbelievably well-timed and it's, it's uh, it's something to be celebrated, really. It's well, I don't think people. I don't think people talk about it enough. Probably it, not. It 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 like marked Eddie's transition from funny to corny, and because it itself is right on the edge, right? It, mm-hmm. It's the first one is very funny. Yeah. And then you said you like the sequels. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> not, I have no, nothing to say. I'm not gonna say this. I like the sequels, but the dinner table scene is always gold. Okay. Always, always gold. Um, well, speaking of Eddie, that, that's what the next movie on my list is Trading Places. And this is another movie where it's not even the big jokes that make me laugh. It's the subtleties. It's just the, the small, the little things, like when they give the butler $5 for his Christmas bonus. And then he's <laughs> muttering like, thanks, I'll go to the movies by myself. <laughs> it's That kind of stuff kills me. Like, I love... You capture a little bit of real life, and especially like when it's resentment driven, but the person can't be completely outward with it. I think right. maybe I really identify with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still say I'm a karate man. I bruise on the inside. I don't show my weakness. There right? you go. I mean, that's. I mean, I've been carrying around that with me for east thirty years. Easy breezing. The next one I'm going to bring up is I don't know how was it regarded Kingpin. The first time I saw Kingpin. In the theaters, I about I melted. I I I was a mess. I laughed so hard that that I was that I was I went slack. I, I had forgotten I, about Kingpin, but you're right. It was oh, oh my god! It, it front to, again, front to back. It's just relentless. Like it's brutal and it's hilarious, and everyone's terrible. Yeah, like I mean, every, all the characters are just unremorseful, right? They're just I, it's amazing. I think about the the landlady woman saying, "You must have knocked something loose." Like probably once a month. What is it about good sex that makes me want to take a shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just awful. Just I mean, but so funny. And Bill Murray's perform. I mean, Bill Murray's in that movie for yeah. for fifteen minutes, and he's just it's just wildly hilarious. Like everything yeah. about it is great. And in my memory, he has a much larger part. No, he's barely in it. Yeah. But I love it. After he wins the bowling tournament at the end, oh, spoiler alert. He's like, I'm finally above the law. Like, he yells <laughs> that. Awesome. Unbelievable. I think it is the funny. I think it is the funniest Fairly movie. Um, I think I think by far. I think, I think, uh, I think know, it's everyone, the everyone, everyone loves Mary. Everyone loves that movie. Thinks it's the best in Fairly. It's not. No, it's, that's all right. No, it's uh, it's Kingpin. Kingpin's the best. I Kingpin is just. I think it's the tightest. It doesn't. It doesn't have a lot of the. The other Fairly movies have jokes that don't work. And right. Kingpin does not. And yeah. I forgot to turn the timer up, but it's going off. 
if you turn if you uh if you uh if you take the big three fairly movies what are they dumb and dumber something about mary and kingpin i would say kingpin's the best of those movies yeah i agree the, the last couple i was going to mention i was actually happy gilmore would make my list okay yeah and Fair. then uh and then um stepbrothers uh just for sheer volume of jokes yeah uh, I'm a Ricky. It, I'm a Ricky Bobby guy as okay. far as uh, as far as the feral the feral thing goes. But I understand Step Brothers. That's it's pretty damn funny. And then if I had to make a top five, the last two would be right. I couldn't figure out which one is was it. It's either Friday or Anchorman. Got it. Got it. I went with a couple of classics for my old my. I went, I went the Jerk, the Steve Martin classic, which sure, which I watched a million times as a kid and didn't understand half the jokes until the next year where I understood a few more jokes and then the next year where I understood. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes. Like, I kept evolving to the point where I understood that movie a lot better and it got funnier. And uh, and the same thing happened with Blazing Saddles. Mm. Blazing Saddles is wildly hilarious. I mean, just talk about movies that you absolutely could not make. I mean, you can't make a movie like that anymore. It's like it's a little time capsule. Yeah. But it's, again, wildly funny when you're a little kid. And as you get older, it gets funnier because you start getting more of the jokes. There's definitely the when you're old enough to understand that the sheriff understands the racism and is like <laughs> using it as a tool. That's when the movie really crystallizes for you. And yeah. I almost included that as well, and really didn't because of the fact that I don't really want to recommend people go watch it. But oh, you should definitely watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a, if you've never seen Blazing Saddles, you absolutely owe it to yourself to watch it. It's it's amazing. Just don't go in and get your feelings hurt. It's not. It's not about well. It's not meant to hurt people's feelings. That's the thing about it. It's they're, they're, he's making fun of the, the the condition, not celebrating the condition. Look, which man, I, I'm with you on this, but a lot of people don't seem to understand how Mel Brooks humor works anymore. <laughs> I mean, the guy is the guy is like a hundred years yeah. old, so you know whatever. Still, he's, apparently I mean, funny, amazing, still very amazing. All right, good list. Anyway, watch those movies if you haven't watched any of them lately, because you, you, everyone needs a good laugh. Segment two. The uh, segment two is sparked by an ad that I saw the other day about Disney's Cruella starring Emma Stone. Sure. And I thought to myself, okay, we're we're going down this road again where we need to take well-known characters who are generally villains, rewind them, and then tell you why they're broken. Or tell you why. Like like origin stories. Mm Mm-hmm. To 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 humanize them, or I don't know what the hell they're doing. To be honest with you, I I'm generally against the practice of. No, you're not. <laughs> you love the you are love you, the Karate gonna, Kid version of. Fr- what you love the Johnny Lawrence perspective of how Daniel Larusso is the bad guy. That's like you love that. Like so yeah, but that's a different yeah that's a different it? thing. It's like where you go where you go forward in time and then come backward in time. I mean, Cobra Kai isn't a prequel. It isn't like they the pre the thing would be. The thing, the thing would be if they had that, if Cobra Kai came first and then they went back and showed them as kids. Like, they got two different... Like, going forward in time, I'm totally fine with. Okay. But the whole the whole going back in time makes pisses me off. So, the first, the first like, th- here's it. Like, like, okay, this is... I'm famous for bagging on Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> like, how unnecessary it is. It's completely unnecessary. They just needed a better actor. Otherwise, every every other part of that movie works. I don't know. All right, okay, <laughs> whatever. But this this practice of of um, going back and but has anybody ever made it work? 
you have do you i mean if, we, if you're thinking about the movies that they've, they've done this with they've played this trick has has any of them worked for you well i suppose it depends on how you feel about the star wars prequels right that's one of them right <laughs> <laughs> um i like the maleficent movies okay the um so maleficent so mm-hmm. played by a, a very it's like the most attractive version of Angelina Jolie, as far as I'm concerned. Prosthetic cheekbones. Yes, there's something about there's something about Angelina Jolie Maleficent. But you like your women sharp, Aye, pointy. <laughs> I like them angular. No, the uh, well, Maleficent is like one of the all time great Disney bad guys, right? She's like an amazing villain. Like she's like Sleeping Beauty. She's amazing. She's great. And I think they, and then making her like, I'm a happy elf, like a happy, f- whatever, forest fairy. And they, this dude duped me and cut my wings off and made me angry and bitchy. Like, it just seems unnecessary. I just liked her showing up just, I'm pissed. You didn't invite me to your birthday party. I'm fucking pissed. I like, that's <laughs> what I like about Maleficent. <laughs> it's like the, so you like the the Lex Luthor origin story where he's just mad that he is accidentally bald. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Clark, your preference. <laughs> yeah, Superboy blew his hair off and it never grew back. <laughs> yes, that's what I like. I don't but need... the villains in movies with, that aren't their own standalone movies, the interesting backstory makes it much much better. Like we just talked a few weeks back about Killmonger and how he has a point, and that doesn't does. work. That doesn't work without knowing where he comes from, right? No, I don't necessarily but need a whole movie about it. That's what I'm saying. I don't need a whole movie about Killmonger's... Like, this is the thing. I don't need a... He's he's well-built in his movie. Like, okay. he we don't need to see a two-and-a-half-hour movie about, like, 12-year-old Killmonger to make... Well, but to, in these <laughs> movies they're making, it's generally the, the villain is not very fleshed out. It's just, this is the bad person. Right. Right? That's what you get. So you're going to end up... I, so, to be honest, my perspective on this is I have basically an endless appetite for this. Okay. In the sense that I love world-building... In general, um, I love, you know, especially things that are not very well examined. Um, and I wanted to share with you, actually, uh, I'm just going to play it on the mic instead of cutting the audio because it'll be easier. A quick bit from, I, I should have found out who this comedian is, um, but she talks about Ursula, for instance, because Ursula is a good example of somebody I would watch a movie about in the sense that you don't know why she got ejected from Triton's court. Other than she's, you know, a witch and maybe she was trying to do bad stuff. But you don't really know. Anyway, let me play this for you. Ursula is a shape-shifting sea witch who chooses to be a fat, beautifully made-up, incorrect octopus. She only has six tentacles. And she only turns into a thin white woman to go to where the people are. So maybe Ursula's not a villain! Maybe Ursula's just misunderstood. Maybe she took Ariel's voice to show her that having a voice is more important than looking like every other fucking basic bitch. Maybe, maybe she's onto something. I want to see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see the one where like Triton asks her to the prom and she says yes. And she gets all dolled up to go to the prom. But then Triton asks some other girl that he wanted to date all along. And Ursula just gets fucked over by this whole deal. Sure. I watched that. (laughs) I want to find out that King Triton's actually the bad guy. He is. He's absolutely the bad guy. He's not very understanding. Well, I understand his point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of half 
team Triton on this, but he's a racist, uh, speciesist. <laughs> Is that different? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I also know. I'm interested in the Evil Queen and Snow White. Like, there's a lot well, there. Well, there's a lot me, going on there. Wait a minute. So what happens in? So I was trying to think. Did I see Snow White and the Huntsman? With the oh, with with Chris with Chris. Yeah, but Thor. that's just the same story. Right. And then there's a sequel that's kind of like Frozen. Like I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's stupid yeah. too. But those those movies are definitely useless. <laughs> those Huntsman no, movies? Yeah. There's no I don't understand why Chris Hemsworth I don't know what he's he's the only one in the movie doing an Irish accent for no reason. <laughs> It's like why if he's gonna have an accent, why doesn't he just be Australian? Like he just he worked on it and he wanted to use it. That's it's not good. It kind of comes and goes. It's 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 rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Lady Tremaine in in uh, in in Cinderella, she's got an interesting backstory where you know she just gets effed over by society. She actually crabs about it. I was watching live action sleepy or live action Cinderella. Oh, Kate Blanchett's really good in that movie. Amazing. But the uh, but uh, but she tells that whole little bit about how like she's screwed. There's like this whole monologue about how her life is effed over. Yeah, and it's amazing. She's great. I mean, I I might see it. I I'd see that movie maybe. I don't know. Okay, you kind of you kind of see where I'm going with this. But the uh, but uh, like something like Fantastic Beasts, which is just horribly done. Like, like why do you feel like it's horribly done? <laughs> I enjoy Fantastic Beasts. The first Fantastic Beasts movie, not so bad. The second one is god awful. the The crimes of Grindelwald is a terrible movie. Like none of it makes any sense. And okay. and I'm tired of seeing Johnny Depp as well. But that's fair. But that that movie's no good. The uh, you know what? <laughs> Here here's here's one that does work for me. Oz the Great and Powerful, because Rachel White as a green witch is hot. A, this is why this works for you. It's a green woman. It's like she, <laughs> she she makes she makes me want to date a green woman. Like Gamora, a hundred percent chance. Rachel Weiss wants me to date a green woman more than I, Gamora does. Okay. Although I do want to date Gamora, no question about it. Would you watch a movie about Immortan Joe's rise to power? A hundred percent. The Water Wars. A hundred percent. I would watch the Immortan Joe movie for sure. Like he starts out as like. Like some waste water treatment mid manager, sure. And then when the world goes to hell, he sort of figures it out and then builds a Trump Tower and a and a whole thing. He's like a heavy smoker, so he's like gets emphysema and there's no modern medicine. Right. I would watch an Morton Joe origin movie. <laughs> think, I need a. Uh, think they'll make one of those for me. <laughs> could pitch that one. Mm. Um, I, I would like a backstory on Bowser from the Mario games. <laughs> Like they've expanded his family, so there's like a lot, lots more of them. But I don't understand. I, I really need a lot more information about like sort of the power structure of the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> and, and like, you need a Mushroom well, Kingdom movie. You need like a, a Game of Thrones Mushroom Kingdom version. Oh God, I can't decide if it should be like light and fun or just no. like really. No, it should be awful. Like they should just be. They should have Game of Thrones type motivations and behaviors, but they should be. The Mushroom Kingdom. And then Mario's just permanently in the friend zone? Yes, obviously. And they don't show up till much later, though, Mario and Luigi. That, that'd be like the end of the movie. That'd be, like the, the last, that'd be like the last third. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and then they get involved into the, well, they would get involved into the politics of the Mushroom Kingdom maybe early on. Maybe that, maybe it's based around that. It's like these two guys show yeah. up there. But the whole place is cutthroat. It's not like nice and happy. It's not do-do-do-do-do-do-do. No, it's, it's death and destruction and big armies of lizards and mushrooms killing each other in a giant fiery and bloody way. I'd be oh. really interested in this. <laughs> I think I just got myself excited for that movie. Prestige Mushroom Kingdom, only on HBO. <laughs> but we only run it at 11 o'clock at night because, God yeah. forbid, you get to see some like weird mushroom sex or some whatever going on in the Mushroom Kingdom Game of Thrones. I also think one of the reasons that Suicide Squad doesn't work is because if you're not already familiar with the source material, you have nothing. Like, there's no information about, like... Like, Enchantress is a cool villain and gets, like... It's that that whole plot with her is just jammed into that movie. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. doesn't make... It's very hard to follow unless you know already what's going on. Embarrassingly enough, I didn't watch the Birds of Prey movie. I, I told you you didn't need to. <laughs> I know. But I figured Gunn... I, I figured James Gunn will fix everything in the Suicide Squad 2 movie. We'll he'll see. Get it, he'll get it right. Like, but I'd rather just have a Deadshot movie. Honestly, if you're going to put Will Smith in the movie, just let's have him be the star. Yeah. Well, they wanted they wanted Marco Robbie to be the star. And what? Will just doesn't do second banana. I mean, he just doesn't. He's Every time he shows up, he's the star of the movie. And to make Deadshot not the star of that movie is just weird. Well, and it starts the first. I don't want to talk about Suicide Squad. but The first third, he is the star of the movie. And that's what's really that's what's weird about it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I have an endless appetite for world building, and I, I'll see all the backstory movies. I don't care. <laughs> You're down with it. It's down much better than remakes. No, it's definitely better than remakes. You can just keep your remake. The only movie I, I want to see remade at all is The Last Starfighter. And and aside from that, keep the rest of them until you I wouldn't mind The Last Starfighter. Special editions of like some of the more classic action films. Like I'd like a Total Recall. Just fix it. Like, don't remake it. Just go in and clean up the CGI where it needs to be cleaned up and release that version of that movie for me. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, you didn't need to give me the other one. Did you ever see the other one? Yeah. Uh, I don't have any memory of it, basically. <laughs> I know it exists. Colin I've Farrell? watched it, I think, twice. Colin I, Farrell's I don't, in it? I, yeah, I know that Colin, that's all I know. No. no There's flying cars. I know that. <laughs> no one needs to see that movie. No. All right, segment three. So we're in the midst of the WandaVision thing. And you've been watching WandaVision? Absolutely. I hate that it's every week. I mean, like, I, I, I hate that I can't watch. Like, I'm so mad when it's over every week. <laughs> you didn't want to binge it. It's like the Mandalorian, right? When they, they figured out, they figured out, Disney finally figured out, hey, we can just bring these things out once a week. Like, why would we, like, why would we do what Netflix does, which was let, let all those things out and then let people binge them in two days and then have them never come back to our platform ever again? Uh-huh. I mean, it's just, they learned this lesson and they have the properties to pull that off and mm. they have the quality within those properties to pull this off. So I was just thinking about how prestige television is, is where it's at for this kind of stuff. Like this whole, like my daughter's been watching, I think she's watched like 18 seasons of criminal minds. Oh, <laughs> I don't no. know. I don't know what kind of damage that's doing to her soul. She hang out with my wife. <laughs> It's like her favorite show forever. Yeah, she's like this, got this Matthew Gray Goobler thing. Like I don't know, whatever, whatever. I don't even. Know. And she's watched like all the 
all the Grey's Anatomy, but I just feel like that 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 style of TV is is dying. It's like it just it just doesn't hold up anymore. It doesn't hold it doesn't hold my attention anyway, right? Episodic TV that just goes nowhere. Right. That we'll see you next season and we'll be back here in the same stupid hospital. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like that Grey's Anatomy still has first run episodes. Yeah. I was like, who's watching this? But that's, that show's are. been on since I had a tube television. Like <laughs> <laughs> a 36 inch JVC that weighs I like may, 400 pounds. I may, I may have even watched the first couple of seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I mean, I'm sure that I watched at least the first season. Yeah. And so, but, but I see stuff like WandaVision and the Mandalorian and, and I think from prestige television has so much more power for this. It just it just makes more sense to me. Well, it's even a problem if you try to binge watch shows that didn't have a defined end date for me now. So like, um, my wife has expressed interest in watching the the Netflix Marvel shows. So we've been kind of working our way through that, and we're in the middle of the second season of Jessica Jones. Okay. And it's it's a fairly good show for what it is, but like we're in the middle of the second season, and I can tell because the show can, is telling me we don't know how long this is going to run. So now we're just going to fill this season for you know I mean the season has an arc, yes. Yeah. But the arc's not as good as the first season. And oh, so man. now it's like... Tenet is the Purple Man is just an amazing... That, yeah. that first season of Jessica Jones is terrific. I was mad that he never actually turned purple. I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Because <laughs> it does... They, they do allude to it, right? When he, like, gets right. extra juiced up. Um, but the second season is just not... It's not holding my attention. And I'm looking forward to, like, moving on to the third season so we could just be done with it. Right, right. Now, so, so I think that Marvel has been learning. I mean, they use those those Netflix series as a sort of a learning thing. Yeah, like this is what worked. Like Daredevil works. Yes, very well. And Iron Fist is wildly miscast. <laughs> Iron Fist, the first season's good. The second season is just horrific. <laughs> the guy's so bad. Whatever his bad. name is. He's uh he's um the Knight of Flowers. I know. He's terrible. He's a terrible <laughs> Iron Fist. Jesus, like awful. Finn something? Yes. Finn Archer. Uh, Power Man's Power Man's good. I liked Luke Cage. Yeah. I like his yeah, I liked his but and Defenders is pretty good. But Defenders is great. Yeah. So I mean the it, it works and they I think they learned a lot of stuff from that. In that how to tie in. Well, they did that on its own, but I think they figured out how to tie in their TV. They've been trying to do this for a while, right? Right. They had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. High and low. High and low. Mostly low for me. And then they did the Netflix thing. It's like, okay, well, and then they finally, it's like, okay, we get it now. Let's, let's bring the full power of the Marvel universe to Disney plus. And Disney's finally said, okay, let's open up the wallet. Cause basically they're making movies. Right. That's the thing about WandaVision, right? Is that it's it's like watching a long, long movie. Right. It's it has all the quality of a Marvel movie, but mm-hmm. it's on TV. And mm-hmm. then you see the trailer for um, <laughs> the Falcon and the Snowman, the the Falcon of the Winter Snow, <laughs> the Falcon of the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and it's the same deal. You get that movie vibe from it. It's like they're really they're not afraid to pour money into their own platform, right? They're they're giving them movie budgets to make prestige series, and it's. And it might be time, like I don't know. There may be there may be a little daredevil cross back into somebody. Somebody, I think I think I read some stray rumor about daredevil maybe creeping into Spider Man and then creeping back into mm-hmm. into the into the Marvel universe. He'd be great, by the way. 
Yeah, I thought that was confirmed that Charlie Cox... Yeah, Charlie Cox is terrific, and he should absolutely be a major Marvel Universe next phase guy. He deserves it, for sure, 100%. I I think with WandaVision, what's so great about it is just the way... I I thought it was interesting, really, like, a bold choice to make the first... I understand why they released two episodes. Because if you watch the first one, you may never watch another episode, right? Right. Uh, and then you watch the second one, you're like, oh, there's more to this than what they're showing me. Yeah. Um, and then it gets more and more interesting from there. Right. Um, and it is a continuation of the movie plot, which is very interesting. And I don't think a thing I can remember having seen before. Um, where it's it's taking elements from movies we've seen to establish the, the canon for the show. Yeah. And that's the... And that's, that's Marvel you know, reaping what they've sown. I mean, they've, they've, they've created such a full universe, like it, with so much depth and so much story to it. Weren't that... you just complaining about world building in segment one? No, <laughs> I'm just not going back in time. I'm not, I don't want to see a 12 year old Wanda Maximoff show. You don't want to watch the Biff Tannen movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, no. no, like the fifties. Like how did Biff become a bully? You're not yeah, interested. No, no, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. The, uh, but the, but it's the thing that, like, DC, God, God bless them. They they tried, but they had decent TV properties. Like Arrow was a decent TV property, and the Flash was a dis- decent TV property. And I thought those guys were. I thought those characters are compelling. I watched a few seasons of those, and I thought they were pretty good. It's like. You can't figure out a way to share that. You can't figure out a way to take any sort of superhero momentum from TV and share it to the movies and back down. And this is what, again, this is what Marvel and Disney are doing now. And it's and it's it's sort of the fulfilling a sort of a lifelong dream for me from a, from yeah. a superhero standpoint. It's like, wow. I mean, they're this is and this is, they're finally getting it, and they're doing the same thing with Star Wars, right? They're just they're again, it's they're using they're going to use the Disney plus platform to power the whole star Wars universe for a good while. Right. And, and you know what? Give, give solo. Let's, I think we could try solo again as a Disney plus product, like a series. And it might work for me. Maybe. Well, you I mean, know, we Matt, talked about Matt, it before. Matt, Matt, Matt might see the crack showing here. I'm ready to, I'm ready to have Han Solo back into my life. In a Disney Plus, at a Disney Plus level, where they could tell me a, like a decent story. Okay, like we talked about that. More pirating, more, uh, more interesting. The Adventures of Han Solo is a right. thing I would watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not with that guy though. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a different guy. I need a different guy. Give me a different. Well, that's that. That seems fair to me. But uh, yeah, so 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 God bless him. I'm I. I mean, like things like. Things like the uh, the inspector, the Agent Wu card trick, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That that card trick is ten years in the like eight years in the making. When is the first Ant Man movie? So he does the thing, right? So he does this thing, and then that's not quite when, ten years ago. Yeah, that's when Randall Park leans in and goes, "How'd you do it?" It's like what? Yeah. He's like the card trick, right? And then like and then he, then we see him later on like practicing the card trick unsuccessfully, yep. and then he shows up in WandaVision and does the card trick. I, yes, I mean it's li- it's things like that that make Marvel amazing, right? And then it made me seeing Monica Rambeau made me like 
go back and and watch and watch Captain Marvel again because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's the kid. She's all grown up now, and I that's what that's what good synergy between your TV properties and your movie properties do, right? It it compels you to say, I need to experience this character again the first time I saw them. You know. And then Marvel does a really good job giving you origin stories as they introduce those characters. So like if if you know who Monica Rambo is, you know she is a superhero in the comic books. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say anything else because I want to ruin the show for people who don't who are gonna experience it for the first time. But you look back at the Netflix show like um Misty Knight, right? She's just a cop for like a while on those shows. Right. And then eventually she actually loses her arm and then gets the robot arm. Um, and then, you know, now is sort of becoming the hero that she is in the comic books in the, in the, in the Power Man comic books. So I, I, Marvel's really good at doing that. And that's, what's been so interesting to me about this synergy they're building where we're going to have this dynamic where you have the streaming service and then what twice a year, you're gonna have to go to the, once a year, you're gonna have to go to the theater. Right. And it's going to be like, it's almost the different. It's not like, Oh, we, the show is popular for six seasons. So now let's make a movie of it. It's going to be like, no, the movie is like the crossover event right. where we bring everything together. And if you've been watching the shows, you'll enjoy it. If you haven't been watching the shows, I don't know how much they're going to buy in because it does seem like that the individual Marvel movies, although they do stand alone fairly well, there's a lot more interesting. It's a lot more interesting to you if you've seen them all, but you don't have to have seen them all. And then also it doesn't seem like the movie cares whether or not you know the backstory. Right. They just move through it. Like you yeah. either know what's happening in the sense that you understand the references or you don't, but if you don't, it doesn't really hurt your enjoyment of the movie if you're unfamiliar with it. They just right. it's masterful. Yeah. You can like it at a twenty five percent level, at a fifty percent mm-hmm. level, or a hundred percent level, right? You could just you you know, you can nerd out infinitely deep, but you can enjoy it ankle deep, which is again a trick that, that I can't believe they've pulled off. But and the thing is they they don't they're not counting on Marvel they're not counting on WandaVision season two. Like we may they, they're just telling the story that fits mm-hmm. into their universe and and they might not get another series ever and you might see another couple of you might see some different characters getting you know getting their story told so you know it's a yeah kudos the, to the, kudos to those guys they're, they're the they're fact that it. yeah and because of the way they're telling the story the fact that i don't feel any kind of way about their potentially not being a season two i think is is really Im- impressive to say i'm emotionally connected to the show but I'm fine when it's over because I know that there's a finite story here and I don't want you to drag it out. I don't want you to put a bunch of extra episodes. Right. Tell me the story, make it tight and yeah. we'll move on. And, and I, that's and actually, I, yeah, I trust that they'll do that. Well, and then I've been, I've tried a couple of times to get through like the clone wars series mm. and I'm like, I just, which, which they're going through on fact right now. So, right. And that's one of the reasons that I've, I've been trying to rewatch it. I had, I tried before and then I, I shouldn't say rewatch, like just watch, um, but it's just, there's clearly, some episodes are great, but there's so much filler because there's so many episodes because it ran like a regular TV show on, you know, first run animated television. Right. And so there's a bunch of just stuff that just throw it away. So now imagine that was done as, as prestige series and it'd be awesome. It would just it'd blow you out of the water. The things they've learned in the last, you know, in the last decade about right. storytelling and how to do it between mediums is you know this is the this is sort of a a uh this is the next this is the next uh you know the next phase of that kind of storytelling and, it's, and i'm excited about it. it's great yeah and with with clone wars i feel like i'm taking my medicine because i know i get a payoff because they learn how to do it better and uh-huh. rebels is much better from uh-huh. right from the beginning so 
I'm, I'll get through it. It's just, it's a slow, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a slog right now. <laughs> it's long. It's yeah. long. All right. Well, you know what part of the show this is. Are you stupid or something? Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid? Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. The stupidest things ever said. Uh. <laughs> is that Chewbacca? Uh, no. <laughs> it was just grimacing. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> oh my god. I saw this cartoon the other day. It was Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> you know how much with... I love Grimace. Like yeah. the fact that they offed Grimace at some point like pisses me off still, but all right, we'll go on ahead. What do we got? Grimace has bent over with his ass in the air. And he says, don't give me the quarter pounder. I want the whole thing. And I just about <laughs> peed my pants. <laughs> why, are they, why are they, why is, why is, why are they doing such terrible things to the Grimace? If a character exists and you want to search for it in the context of sex, <laughs> you a- will find it. Because <laughs> people are demented. They really are. They really are. All right, so we've got more from Hardball host Oreo Duba. Are you familiar with this? Ooh. This must be a game show, Hardball. So it, it came up earlier, a couple weeks ago. There was uh, there's some game show called Hardball. Uh, to me, Hardball is... Uh, Chris Matthews. Yes. <laughs> Not, I don't know who Oreo Duba is. So the question is, Merino wool comes from which animal? The contestant says, the whale. <laughs> Merino wool. Hey, little dad jokes for us. Uh, here is a... Police blotter item in a Westbury, Wilshire, England newspaper. Nothing was stolen in a burglary at a property in Fairdown Avenue, Westbury, between 10.30 a.m. last Tuesday and 1 p.m. last Wednesday. Well, that's not a burglary at all. It's, it's just a B&E. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens to be my favorite meat market here in, uh, here in my town. B&E. B&E? Okay. <laughs> it's called B&E Meat Market. <laughs> like a literal meat market. Yeah, a little meat market. Uh, menu items from Italy. Tuna to the grasshopper, squid squirrel, prawn prawns. <laughs> what could these things be? Tuna to the grasshopper. Tuna to the grasshopper? Mm-hmm. And squid What's squirrel? S- squid squirrel sounds like, like a third tier Marvel hero. <laughs> oh my God, it's squid squirrel. Run! I hope we never have to see squirrel girl, squirrel girl in the movies. They might get somebody really attractive to play Squirrel Girl. We'll, we'll definitely have a Young Avengers thing at some point, right? Yeah. yeah. You think? Yeah. Uh, it's my sister's birthday, so I thought I'd give her a little shout out. She's turning 28 degrees today. That's a weatherman in Bloomington, Illinois. Can't can't get his work out of his mind, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, the weather people are very, very busy this time of year. Hockey commentator Ron McLean. We are hoping to see great things coming out of the men's shorts. <laughs> what? Out of the men's shorts? I uh, thought when I first read that that was going to be like a, a figure skating commentator thing. You know, because oh. the short program. Uh-huh. I could see that. But I don't understand how it fits into hockey exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't know much about hockey other than go, go Knights. Sometimes you don't miss people until they're not there. <laughs> That's what I find. I'd like to. I'd like to try to miss some people. <laughs> I'd like to I be, don't miss anyone. I'd like to. Give, I'd like to be given the opportunity to try to miss some people. 
that's the thing about this uh, this pandemic, man. I it's I'm driving my I'm I'm going crazy, but I'm also like sort of built for it in the sense that I, eh, the effort required to be social, eh, yeah, no. overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you'd like to air yourself out every so often. I mean, yeah, that's the that's the that's the part where yeah. I mean, I've always been sort of a a social dromedary. Like I could a little bit goes a long way with me. I, I could I you know when I was younger and single, I could disappear for a little while, like and and then I would show up and everything would be great. But like there were some times where I'd be just like, you know, I'm just gonna stay in this weekend, and watch some TV, play some video games by myself. Yeah, I mean, as a single person, it was like I mostly only went out because I was bored. Right? <laughs> it's like I don't need it. Um, I just wanted to do something. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you just need to get outside yourself. But like I said, a little bit always went a long way with me. Yeah, I'm not a. I, I barely, maybe I'm not a very good hang. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, like, I've been thinking about it, and, and I, I, I know this is, of course, you're only friends with people generally that you have common interests with. Mm. But like, as I've gotten older, I've just no time for anyone that like that irritates me. I'm just sure. like, no, I can't, I can't be around you. So I have like my friendships have definitely thinned, really only to the people that I either have been close with for decades or we share a common activity. Mm. That we will can go do together, right? Like three um, people you played ball with or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, dairy cow breeding: new opportunities to widen the use of straw. That's a book title. <laughs> what? I, like, like some people are writing academic tomes on the best way to use like hay. Yeah, this is, like four, this is in the four H, the AP four H class. What are the four H's in four H? <laughs> I don't know. All I, I know, know is they wore those. They have to wear those cool corduroy jackets at my school. Cool. I thought they were pretty cool. Listen, if you right now, if you went out, if you had a four H jacket that fit really nicely, and you wore <laughs> and you wore it out, like most of the time they're ill fitting because you're in high school and everything in high school is ill fitting because you're growing in weird ways. But uh-huh. if you had a four H jacket right now as a as a forty as a late forty year old or a forty year old dude. And it fit well, it would be kick ass. I'm sorry, it just would be. The four H's are head, heart, hands, and health. <laughs> not the hooves are not. The hooves are I not. thought I always assume hooves is one of them. <laughs> Seems pretty important to the whole thing. See, I I went to high school in the '90s, so like my letter jacket was just I wore it like I was a rapper. Oh, right, yeah, it's just yeah. huge. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay, so this is an actual ad from Valentine's Day. Love means never having to say you're constipated. Colon hydrotherapy is a hygienic procedure that assists the colon to transport waste out of the body. Valentine's special package of three at fifty-five fifty for each session. I'll show you how to cleanse a colon. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I buy you chocolate? <laughs> Finally, you might remember this one. Chuck Todd says, truth is truth. Really, Giuliani says, no, no, it isn't truth. Truth isn't truth. Capital T's and small T's. Perhaps. I, I think we were talking about facts. <laughs> Specific things that occurred. That's what is what is Doctor what did what did the what did Dr. Henry Jones Jr. say about it? Archaeology is the search for facts. If you want to find truth, the class for philosophy is down the hall. Okay. There you have it. And now it's time for the overtime. Overtime. I'm always trying to skip the overtime these days. 
All right. the, the transition's not as clean as it used to yeah, be. Yeah, you know, I just was not, I wasn't prepared. The, uh... <laughs> so here in the overtime, I'm going back to my niche sport, which is to say okay. that over two weeks of watching television and tennis with my wife, who also enjoys tennis, we were once, hey, did I mention that we were once the Amy Yee 3.5 mixed doubles ladder champion two seasons I didn't realize you won the title. Yeah, twice. Oh. We, were, we were unstoppable, and then we had children. That'll ruin your life. That'll ruin your tennis career. <laughs> right, and, that's and what the, I meant. And the fact that my arm fell off, like, somewhere halfway through that that last season. Like, my arm, like, literally fell off and had to be stitched back on. Be serving underhand. Oh, my God. Terrible. Anyway, so my wife, like, well, she, she likes tennis players. She's like, she thinks they're cute. She's, she'd be like, we'll be sitting there, and she'll say... I think Daniel Medvedev is cute. I'm like, are you kidding me? That guy? <laughs> like, no, he is not. He is not cute. I think that your trick because you like tennis and you you always like tennis. Like, like Bjorn Borg was handsome. Like, okay. Like and like he was good looking. And Stefan Edberg was good looking. Like there are no none of the men tennis players in this draw are good looking. None of them. Not a single one of them. I'm sorry. None of them. None. I I would I would defy you you know that when Nadal was like 25 he was much more attractive now he's he's struggling with the he's struggling with his due right now yeah and he's not as handsome as he once was and what? but they're not but like to say something like, I understand you like the way he plays tennis and he's a terrific he's an elite athlete and one of the best tennis players in the world but he's not handsome he's not good looking he's also unkempt which <laughs> makes it hard to tell <laughs> He's I mean, he's got a little like a, a bit of a Paul Bettany quality, also not necessarily classically handsome. <laughs> right. But what about uh, what's his old what's his what's his his the swarthy one? <laughs> uh, God, I can never say his name. Uh, Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas. Yes. Stefanos. Stefanos Tsitsipas. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he looks like he looks like a San Francisco hippie from 1978. He looks like he's a fairly attractive man. Yeah, whatever. I think that Are you just mad about the Medvedev thing? No, I <laughs> maybe maybe Sasha Zverev, maybe Alexander Zverev is is mm. he, he kind of looks like Robert Pattinson in kind of a in a way, but he's wearing this stupid sleeveless gym shirt through this <laughs> through this entire tournament, and it looks terrible. And it's like put on some sleeves. You're not. It's not. It's, that's not working. And I understand he dates supermodels and whatnot, but it's it's fine. But there are no attractive men tennis players. Currently, what was the last one? What was the last one? The last for you? Who I thought was like particularly good looking. Yes. Um, I always had kind of a thing for Tommy Haas. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the backward hat, I know. I know. We're generally, I'm generally not a you know purveyor of. Of backward hat guy, but, but yeah, Tommy Haas, he's got that uh, he got that German, they got square jaw German thing going. Yeah. Anyway, they're they're none. So so my wife is telling me how like, oh, I think I think uh, that guy's good looking, and I'm like, no, they're none, zero, <laughs> zero. There's zero. Any just name any tennis player that we're watching on television over the last two weeks. You go, oh, I think that guy's kind of cute. I think no, he's not. I understand you like tennis. I get it. It's clouding your vision. Sure. It's clouding your vision. I think that happens, though. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But I'm just trying to make it clear to her that empirically, there are no handsome men playing tennis in the top, in in the top, in the top, 
100 in oh, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder <laughs> no it's not i did see the one match um between Bebedev and uh a guy who i wasn't familiar with and andre rublev yeah and rublev looks like he was like gonna die oh my god like that's what yeah. his face looks like it was, like, has, a, it was a, like 100 plus degrees and those two guys i thought yeah i thought one of them was gonna die they were having like these 40 shot rallies yeah and and uh, yeah, I thought well maybe one of them would pass out and then expire on the court. I just I saw the picture of them when they were done, and he looks like he looks like he's been injected with like some sort of poison. That's yeah. like how badly in, in between he looks. in between like the second and third set, he went into the locker room and and got into the shower to try to cool off, and then yeah. Only half ass dried himself off and then came back onto the court. Like his hair was like still wet and stuff. He was, they were struggling. I would do that. Yeah, just pour the water over my head. <laughs> it was uh, showered with his clothes on. And just yeah. came back out of the court. Rublev also not handsome. There we go. So that's that's my that's my take on the whole thing. It's true. I, I think this works both ways though. I think that you watch athletes and you, especially if you if you play the sport, you have an affinity for them. You sort of you become, especially if you like the way they play, mm-hmm. or you like, you know, you, you like their style. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think there's a lot of factors there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Take it up with my wife. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think when I watch the LPGA, I find myself attracted to some of these girls that I think are empirically maybe not the cutest girls in the world, but I'm impressed. Yes. And that yeah. makes you sound like an a hole. It's it's much worse when you say it like a guy. Like, yeah. It's yeah. But, Anyway, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm just going to get myself in trouble. (laughs) Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, that's our show for the week. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we look outward to help you look inward. If you don't already, please subscribe and a review via your favorite podcast provider. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and unattractive tennis players. Until then, peace. Peace.